0: To get great welcome 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 back to mcfc the movie cinema film club where we get together and just talk about stuff and then also films um today we're drinking what are we drinking today you know i never ask you guys what are you drinking
1: oh, i'm having an old-fashioned
0: oh nice i am drowning in a texas blonde beer i like how you said texas blonde beer like (laughs) you could have just been drowning in a blonde um and you should always refer to it like that drowning in a blonde absolutely (laughs) (laughs)
1: gagging
0: (laughs) well drowning in these locks Oh my! God. <laughs> because we watched uh this week's movie uh directed by ryosuke hamaguchi the movie drive my car which was a 2021 film straight out of japan i am drinking today single malt yoichi from the nika whiskey distillery and hello it mm. is good Mm-mm-mm. uh before we get into those films i, I don't know why i said films there are not two of them um uh, before we talk about stuff, uh, I want to get into our dailies. So let's do our dailies. Um, Brittany. Hi. Speak your thing.
1: My thing is uh, that last week I did a fun little trip up to LA, Los Angeles, if you're nasty. Um, I met up with a couple <laughs> of friends and we just had like a ladies' food day. It was like ladies who lunch and appetizer in between and dinner and uh we just met up in Chinatown, ate some delicious stuff, walked around. We actually it, it ended up being a lot of walking. We thought we were going to spend the day in Chinatown, but this is part of the reason why it was so great is like you know, there is that joy in finding people who kind of like travel in the same way that you do, which for me is like we had a loose plan of like, yeah, let's pop around Chinatown and like see what we see. And then that just sort of naturally evolved we ended up walking to little Tokyo and like we got some stuff there as well so it was just like we were just kind of like I don't know sure walking around eating and drinking all the things and it was very delicious and super fun so thank you Los Angeles and uh Meryl because I'm sure she'd be upset if I didn't name her by name and LaShonda good
2: good times hey
0: that's awesome (laughs) that's awesome Ian what about you bud
2: uh I have Uh, a very simple daily uh, finally there's not much of a story uh just that (laughs) the highlight of last week for me is i have found myself probably like most people of our generation and younger like kind of struggling with focus and being Mm -hmm. present and uh you know uh iphones are amazing crack and uh And I just really found myself constantly distracted and like addicted to certain things on the phone. And to work on that, I started a little habit that uh, every night I turn my phone completely off at eight o'clock and I don't turn it back on until 8 a.m. the next day. Now, that might wow. seem very simple and not that hard. It's 12 hours of the day. But even though I would normally put my phone on do not disturb or things like that, I'd still check it. I'm, a, you know, I'm weak. Sure. But when I turned it off, it's been a really fun thing where. I'm able to actually like spend time writing or playing guitar or doing creative stuff because I don't have the FOMO or like someone's going to text me about meeting up late at night. Like, nah, I, it's been really, uh, it's been particularly rejuvenating and, uh, refreshing. And I feel like I've had time to daydream and be creative again. So that's my highlight. That's awesome.
1: That is a very brave and bold move. I commend you
2: thank you thank follow. you no booty calls but uh yeah you know.
1: <laughs> i mean they weren't really coming in anyway were they come on
2: <laughs> wow, wow. Can you insert that uh cold, like the radio
1: <laughs> 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 yeah i'm sure we, we can find it <laughs> it
0: was an easy <laughs>
1: joke come on
0: <laughs> all right Uh, my daily is, uh, I did something new that I've wanted to do for a while. And I was just curious. I still get that, like that childlike curiosity on something. And I'm glad that I do. Um, And I'm just like, I'm going to just go do that thing. Uh, But this is kind of a silly thing. It's the opposite of what you're talking about, Ian. I bought an Oculus, which is a (gasps) VR headset. And I strapped in and got more implanted in the digital world uh, (laughs) as opposed to turning off my phone. I I turned off my brain. Um, No, but I was just going to say I got an Oculus because I wanted to try it out. I didn't really know what it offered in a lot of ways. And I've always wanted to experience that that VR thing. And so I know it's a little late in the game. It's been out there for a while, but I grabbed one and I did some stuff in it, you know, some interactive stuff, just some watching of stuff, like being in a room and looking around like, wow, this is crazy. Um, But ultimately uh, I bought it with the intention that I will be taking it back. I knew when I purchased it, that I will be taking this thing back. I just wanted to try it. And I wanted to try it on my own time. And I did, and I did so far, like I've had it for five days, days, and I've only used it one of those days. And that tells me a lot about like how much I want to use it. Um, it's got a lot of cool stuff to it, but like, I wanted to bring this up because uh, I looked up like, you know, that videos, just people making short films, but one of them was like a 12 or 15 minute version of free solo with with vr so you could actually be up on the rock with him and you're looking down and you're watching him climb and it's unbelievable it's freaky it's freaky um and then the regular stuff like you go skydiving or you jump out of a you know uh, i don't know jump off a roller coaster top and you can do a lot of stuff like that you can interact with your hands in certain ways and watch porn of course and so i did a lot of that and i feel like At the end of the day, I don't need to be in the same room uh, as watching, you know, people fuck. Uh, A flat screen, a TV is okay with me, man. I don't, I don't need to like walk around and see every orifice and and be like, wow, okay, well, she bleached on this one? Uh, You know, I, I don't, I don't need to be that. Interactive with it, but maybe in a couple of years when things get a little bit more intense, and I can hook a machine up to my dick and turn off, and maybe, maybe then, maybe then. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they probably already have that, but anyway, I bought an Oculus. I did something weird. I wanted to try it. I had I had brit try it, and I thought it was going to be like a 15 minute like ordeal, and like three hours later, she's like, "Whoa! Like like this is so crazy." So it is a pretty cool thing, but um, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I will say I, I enjoyed the, the interactive stuff much more than just the like, oh, cool, look at this thing, like the like games and stuff where you're actually like using your hands and like grabbing stuff and punching stuff and like that kind of stuff. I was like, wow, this is cool. But the rest of the stuff, it was just like, mm. okay, yeah, you, yeah, now you're looking yeah. at that.
0: I did, I did like the one thing, which is you could watch a movie in it. And you could make the movie uh. huge, so it felt like oh, you were cool. in a theater, even though you're not. And it felt big. It felt really, really big, and I was like, oh, man, if you could like plug in and watch a film, and it's like, hmm. especially during pandemic time, it's like you couldn't even go to the yeah. theater. And it's like, I could I could fake this, you know? This, uh, It was pretty cool. Um, oh, these aliens but, are just very on yeah.
2: brand for us. You're embedding yourself further in technology. I, you know, am withdrawing from society and I currently look like Ted Kaczynski. So yeah, it was oh. a really good week for us.
1: And I ate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very on brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's uh, let's get into this movie. I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. This week's movie was Drive My Car, like I said, directed by Ryusuke. Hamaguchi, which we're just going to murder. I mean, murder all these names um, because I'm not going to do it, uh, it to make it sound like it's Japanese people speaking because that just sounds awful. And also, I don't know the exact pronunciation pr- pronunciation <laughs> of even the word pronunciation. So um, this movie uh, was based on a short story by uh, Haruki Murakami, and it, was star- it starred... Had- <laughs> Hidetoshi Nishimajimi, Jima, uh, Toko Miura, Rike Kirishima Masaki Okada. I hope I did that right. Um, anyway, this film, Drive My Car, nominated and won some Oscars this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It won the International Film Oscar, correct?
1: Not off the it, top of my Did head, it win anything else? Maybe it won some things off, off
0: screen. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, And it's a movie about uh, what it means to go on living, I think. So without like chopping at this too much before, I really want to hear Ian's take on Drive My Car.
2: I would love to. Thank you. Uh, Well, I really think they mistitled this and it it really should have been Drive My Garbage Truck because this movie is trash. (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't how do the both thing. I'm not. How very long good were you working this.
1: on that one, Ian?
2: It came to me during the dailies. I don't. I'm not good at the.
0: Uh, That's a really good impression of like a lazy Gilbert Gottfried right there. I don't know. I'm just. And if thinking. we release
2: this, he is dead, right? He's anyway. Uh, so yeah. Um, but uh, yes, no, okay. Uh, all jokes aside, I know you were just rolling across the floor in laughter with that little setup, but uh i thoroughly loved this film and uh you know our listeners had reached out to us and they really missed my quotes and so i have a quote <laughs> to uh <laughs> oh,
0: thank god thank god <laughs> please please ian but uh i feel like i feel like ian's quotes are like just like straight up <laughs> oxygen for me now i mean if, if i don't have it I'm it's like so this is not gonna tonight? go forward <laughs> Well, to start my just yeah. take
2: on Drive My Car <laughs> is a quote uh, associated with Nasim Taleb, who I often reference, but he has this aphorism. One of the shortest books I've ever read has 745 pages. The longest book I've ever read was 200 pages. And I think that is very apt for this film, which it, it's a long running time, three hours, but the way this... Director chose to tell this story the way the screenplay envelops it. Like it never feels slow to me. It's a beautiful like laying of breadcrumbs to build a climactic finale of a film. And I just like there was never a moment where I was like checking my watch. Never. And it's funny because we watched like Mommy Dearest, where like twenty minutes in, like are you serious? Like like when we when you watch that bad film, it feels, you know, like it will never end and. So uh, I have so much to say that I loved about it, but two points that I really wanted to focus on uh, was the tone of this film, and I felt that Hamaguchi, like the way he tells his story, shows respect not only for the characters but for the audience, because it is a story about grief. It is somber, and it never tries. It, it like in in comparison to when we watched the Searchers in Color Purple. Which interjects just these random pieces of uh, you know humor or comedy mm-hmm. to lighten the mood, it feels incomple- com- completely awkward and uncomfortable, and they never do that. he never does that, and I'm grateful for that because it's like, yeah, you don't we're all adults, you know, mm-hmm. we can handle it, and it's the implication like you can handle a story that's about surviving and moving on, and there is really no. You know, Hollywoodified. That's a terrible. That's not a word. But the Hollywoodification of like the ending, where I'm like, I'm walking on sunshine, or like some happy montage. It's like that's not life. You know, life is kind of like it's gonna suck, and it's gonna like suck for a while, and you just have to get through it. And it's such a the you know there's a mundane journey through that. So I just love that the entirety of this film is kind of like this is my experience. It's a little bit dark. It's a little somber, but I'm going to get through it. And so I love that aspect of this film. And the other thing was, yeah, I mentioned this, but like the subtlety, uh, the choices that this film makes, they don't beat you over the head with the obvious, like pay attention. It forced me to think, to, you know, be alert analyze what's happening and that got me into the main character's head i was like did that young actor beg my wife like was that all a dream did my wife commit suicide like what and some of those an- some of those questions are answered immediately but some drag out like three quarters through this movie i'm still like they have that bar scene and there's tension and there is like i don't know did you did you beg my wife and i like, kind of like and i just love that unlike again Piece of shit, power of dog, boo! Where wow. it's like, here's Bronco Henry's comrade. Like, like oh <laughs> it's like, oh my! In God. comparison to that, I just loved again the subtlety of, uh, you know, you are having to think critically throughout this film and be on your toes. Uh, and I appreciate that. I think so often, yeah, go, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wanna agree with you right now on that point just because I felt like this film did not beat anything really over the head. And there are some moments where it's like, you see it coming, it it looms a little heavy, you know? And, and especially when, as soon as he gets that text at the airport, it's like, oh, we canceled the trip and you get it, he gets back in his mm-hmm. car, It's like, well, I know where this is going. I feel like I know where this is going. But still, my heart was kind of beating, um, because uh, that mo- that moment is so it's so shocking. I got to tell you, like this film really like hit me hard in the beginning because I've been in this uh, moment almost exactly. You know where you're like, like someone's telling you one thing and doing another, and. I was like, oh God, am I going to be able to watch this? Because like, I didn't realize that that trauma is still in me in a major way that I have to like, that scene was so honest. It was so quiet. It was so like, I don't know. It just, it was scary in a, in a real way. Um, and the response to it was so honest as well because like you don't know what you would do in that moment anyway I just didn't think they beat it over our head they didn't do that they didn't go at every moment to be like yeah get it see see what happened you know that kind of thing so yeah and, I, was, I was happy and, and I, I do that. want to
2: like pass a baton to both of you uh without talking because there was so much more that I loved about this um but uh, I guess overall as well And both of you are are much probably more knowledgeable about Japanese culture in general, but the differences between, like, Western culture and Japanese culture, and and to that point, I kind of love, like, that it wasn't this over-the-top dramatic dramatic reaction where he beats the shit out of the guy, like, he sees his wife banging another guy, and he's just kind of like, okay, and he exits, you know? And there is that element to it where so often... Maybe the director chooses go big, go big, go insane for the drama. But this was so consistent and it hit me stronger because it felt more like, well, that's real life. (laughs) Like real life is then like the person who just lied to you jumps on a Skype or Zoom call an hour later, like, hey, boo, I miss you. I love you. And you're like, fuck you. Like inside, like dying inside. And and I could definitely feel as well, like our main character uh, just – Th- especially the ending and just to jump to that when he finally like lets it all out of like, I had all these emotions inside and I avoided that final conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, yeah, I found that so relatable. That so often we like, yeah. ah, just be nice, be nice. But like, and then sometimes, I mean, there's so many, l- the layering to this film as well, just kind of hit me over the top of so many different, storylines but so tightly sewn together. So, uh great pick. I'm so glad that you did pick it and and you know, not jumping ahead of ratings, but uh I probably if you did not pick it, I probably would have skipped it because like we passed the award season and like, well, now I'm not going to think about it. And so I'm so grateful that you did well, pick it.
0: And also I think looking down the barrel of a 3-hour movie can be a lot. It can be. And 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 once you see the film, you can say for yourself, like, oh, that was worth three hours and it didn't feel like three hours. Um, But that can deter, it can deter me, honestly. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up something really quick, which is where this film actually starts, because I think most films like this, with this plot, I guess, would have started right when he walked in and saw his wife. Uh, having sex with somebody else. Right. I feel like that's when the, the, the opening credits would have started almost like, boom. Okay. This just happened. Then he gets in his car and he drives off and he says, I'm not dealing with this right now. My wife cheated on me. I'm starting a new life. I'm going on, but it doesn't start there. It doesn't actually start till much after her funeral. And that's a whole layer that I wasn't expecting that to happen, you know? And it isn't till about an hour into a three hour movie that they roll yeah. the opening credits while he's driving. And I was like, I was just like so stoked on that. I was like, yeah, this is what they're saying is all this other stuff is what most people do in the first four minutes of a film. But this is the actual start. This moment where he goes, I'm leaving this city and I'm going to do something. Uh, I'm going to do art. I'm going to do this art. And he's, he's there and he's, it's it just like so much further into the film than a normal film would do. And, and I just, I really loved that as the start. Um, Britt. Yes. Why don't you talk uh, a little bit I'm about gonna
1: it? I'm going to start in bow style by reading straight from my notes, my thesis statement, if you don't mind. Uh, which is <laughs> a quiet, honest, and compassionate look at how people deal with grief and loss and the tragedy that we choose to hold on to. Um, and to go to what Bo was just saying, I think like the big word there is compassionate because I think the fact that they didn't just like cram all of that relationship with him and his wife before she dies into a few minutes or a flashback or something like that. The fact that they like gave that time to breathe and showed us Mm -hmm. the parts of their relationship Mm -hmm. that actually like they did have a very deep connection. They did have, like, it's not like, It would have been easy to just be like, ah, she cheated on you. You should get the fuck out of here. It's like, no, but they also actually have a lot in this relationship, even though, of course, it is far from perfect in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's super important that, like, they do give you that time to, like, sort of value that relationship in the same way that he does and to, like, further understand why he just kind of kept soldiering on, you know, it's like that, that is a hard thing to just sort of like, ah, fuck it. I'll just throw it all away, you know? And I think that it makes when you do find out about that decision, when he's talking about at the end, how, you know, he didn't have anywhere to go that day. And he was just avoiding this conversation that he didn't want to have and how like torn he felt about that. I've Um, done it. Yeah. That wouldn't have had the same. Yeah impact if we didn't have that first 45 minutes or whatever it was of of what that relationship really was like so yeah I thought that was like a super unique I had the same reaction as Bo like when those credits rolled that far into the movie I was it was one of those things where you're like oh I didn't even realize the credits hadn't rolled yet like it just it's like we're so far into this like I didn't realize that we hadn't already done that I thought that was such a cool choice um I also am fully agreeing with Ian in this idea that, like, it didn't force this message. It didn't hit you over the head with anything. It almost is like the end credits roll, and then you're like, oh, now I realize what the message of this was. You know, like, it was such a slow build, and the fact that this was three hours long, and I never felt like, ugh, like, let's get to the point. I never, yeah, like, I was so enthralled with the conversations and the delicacy of the way everything was handled. Like I felt like I was living in this world with these people. Um, And then the, the most impactful of that of course is like the relationship between the two main characters, how like that slow shift from them being like, I'm an actor, you're a driver. Like these are our roles, you know, to like, It's such a short thing, like, it's such a short window of time from him, like, giving her this great compliment of what a great driver she is, and then, like, oh, now I'm sitting in the passenger seat instead of the back, and now, like, you know what, yeah, like, why don't we have a cigarette, and that shot of them both holding their cigarettes through the sunroof, like... That was, it's such a simple thing. Like if you were just say to somebody like, oh yeah, then there was this really moving scene of two people holding a cigarette out of a sunroof, you'd be like, what? But like, it really is because of how masterfully all of this is crafted. It does become this like super important kind of emotional moment between like these two broken people just like having, you know, like building this relationship between the two of them. I thought that that was like, Really great. Um, the last thing that I will say, uh, is that I thought, as Ian kinda of touched on, like that we didn't have this like, everything's fine. Hollywood ending was really great. And even though it wasn't that, in some ways it was like this super positive ending because, you know, these two characters have this kind of breakdown and then this acknowledgement of like, yeah, we just need to go on living. And then the final scene is just She's just going on living, like just going to the grocery store, just like going about her life. But like, you can still tell that there was this shift of how she is approaching that life moving
0: forward. Yeah, but I guess I have a question about the ending because I didn't entirely understand uh, exactly what that last scene was meant to do. Um, I thought it was really interesting that, you know, you pick up with her later she's at the grocery store she walks through the parking lot and you go oh of course she's going to walk right up to that sob right and she does and then there's a dog in there which i hope it was winter because <laughs> don't leave your dog in the car um but i was just like okay she's buying groceries she's living in this world now a dog is in the car so what, what I is think the ultimate is, ending what, here? I was just what happened is, that
1: she's going do, on living because a we, she has a dog which Based on her role in the story before, she's just at the whim of this guy. You know, she's not, she doesn't have her own life. There's no one waiting for her at home. Yeah. So I think the fact that she is in this car, which we have to assume he gave to her because that's part of his moving on, is you know, not having this car that's tied to his past and mm. these tapes of his dead wife's voice playing in it, you know, that that she mm-hmm. is now building right. her own life. And part of that is having this dog and, like, going about her day-to-day shit.
0: It, right. So that's, I guess, the question I had. Ian, did you...
2: Uh, uh, I had um, a poorly timed joke, but I would be great if she was listening to tapes of him reading the tapes of his wife. Oh, my reading, like, <laughs> There's another layer to it. No, but also like, and I could be wrong on this, but and I like rewashed it, but it appeared the scar was faded and or like,
1: yeah, I was. It
2: appeared that either like cosmetically or whatever, but like to me that was a very like that's such a metaphor of like the past. I'm letting go of the past and I'm moving on because the scar was like I don't want to forget. So to me that was a big aspect of the progression as well but obviously the car instability and whatnot but yeah i i thought i noticed the scar
0: so i I noticed that too and i thought maybe it was like you know what i i was holding on to this but i'm letting it go and i got it you know it's less it's a lot less Mm -hmm. because in the first scene it was like she had a scar like she had a hard scar um i also read um i looked it up quickly because i wanted to know like what did people think I don't know anything about the short story, so I thought maybe that would have something in it, but they also wrote it from the short story and then changed some things, so you never know. Um, But someone said uh, there was a direct um, play to make it, so that everyone understood that this is COVID times that we just have to assume that some of these people now are gone like just gone like died and that maybe she got the car because of that now that was not my initial (laughs) feeling at all but they do show her and everyone else in mass and then she gets in the car and she takes it off almost to be like Okay, I'm alone again. I can take this off, and and, and that that's why she has the cars that maybe COVID. That's a, yeah, had that's taken. a lot. I like, to take I didn't get that at all, like at masks. all, <laughs> like like at all. Yeah. So so I was just I just wanted to know I wanted to know if you guys felt that way too uh, because no. I didn't.
1: <laughs> I mean, I did notice so, that everyone was good. wearing masks, and at first I'm like, well, that is much more prevalent in Asian countries. So like, I didn't really think anything of it but then i did you know it's like the whole rest of the movie yeah you don't see anyone in masks so like if we are supposed to think that that's covid times fine yeah but that seems yeah i don't uh, that seems like a lot to draw from that one
0: (laughs) thing i mean (laughs) this isn't yeah this isn't like this isn't like the mcu in the marvel universe where they do the blip, you know there's the blip or whatever and it's like half of all life goes away it's like i think we can refer to that and we all understand but like this just wearing a mask doesn't mean like oh everyone died in this, this <laughs> movie except for her like I, I thought that was a really i thought that was a really weird take but i was like well maybe i'm the only one yeah mcu yeah
2: so uh <laughs> yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. That's the movie part of There's this. Nothing wrong with okay? movies, That's Ian. the movie part. Okay. Um, uh, I just want to touch on some points. Um, I thought the visuals were really um mm. amazingly normal. <laughs> yeah, amazingly just like straightforward and and normal in the in the greatest possible way. Uh, th- the camera work was unflashy, but I liked that. Like, mm-hmm. like these are the things that I'm saying. These are positives. Like. There were no. A lot of the scenes were just like you know, off the back of a boat with nobody in it, and it just you just see waves in the end of the boat. You see, you know, a simple driving scene where it's just it's just driving. It's just there's almost like in some scenes no other cars. Almost like this is the only people that exist in certain scenes. You know, <laughs> even at the airport, he rolls into Narita, and I've been to Narita Airport. It is not empty like that. But like there's there's a moment where he drives up, and it's just like he's the only car there. It's like. This story is about him and not anybody else um, in this moment, right? And it starts to go into other directions and show other things. Um, Yeah, I thought the camera work, like I said, is unflashy. But I also thought the film was kind of unflashy, including the people, the interiors, the landscapes. None of it was like filmed in a way that was like over sensationalized, even like the uh, city streets at night and it's raining and it's in japan it could be really like overwhelming because it's a lot of neon signs and stuff and it wasn't it was just like very much like this is real life every day we're not trying to flash this up i just thought that was a huge factor in making this film like patient and to build up these moments where you have two hands come out of the out of the sunroof with the cigarette. And it means so much because you're not blasting people with these moments all the way through. It's just real life and real life is not flashing most of the time. Uh, Ian, you want to say, no, something? I, I was often reacting to a lot of
2: the things that I was just like positively reacting, um, to many comments you made. I had a couple other points, but proceed.
0: Oh, um, I think, I mean, honestly, everything that you guys have said, uh, is exactly how I felt. I mean, I liked this film a lot and I thought it touched on a lot of things and it hit me harder than I expected it to because, you know, we've talked about this in the past with other films. um, But, you know, I feel like at this age where I'm at, I'm going through some things where I start to challenge what life even is and where I want it to be. And I think at some point, (laughs) one of the characters said their age and they said in like 14 years, they will be 60 years yeah. old or something. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> God. Like, that's me. Like I started thinking, I was like, what am I going to do with the next 14 to 25 years? Like I'm not getting any younger. And, and it's like, there is this, like, I have a lot of questions still. I still feel young. I still feel in my twenties sometimes where I'm like, I'm just like starting it up. What am I going to be when I grow up? And I'm like, I already did that. I, I, I need to be like, <laughs> I need to refigure here. <laughs> um, and it, it's just a funny thing to kind of go through. Um, and this film made me address some of that. Again, I, from the beginning, I had a little bit of trauma reminder. And then by the end, I was like, okay, how am I going to live my life? How am I going to push forward? What is my reality? And how do I want to address that? They brought up some great, uh, some, some great ideas. And uh, it just reminded me, like, I have to let go of some of this stuff. You know, I have to move Mm -hmm. forward. We all have to move forward and we have to be honest with ourselves and with others. And and I think this movie did a great job of putting that out without yeah. smacking you over the face with it, you know? You
2: know, I know uh, and it's funny because as, you know, we were entering into this discussion, you know, I think sometimes it's maybe more fun or entertaining to, like, banter and argue with one another when we're like, "Yo, oh, you're insane. How did you like that? It's like, but I also love that we could just, like, kind of adore and appreciate a really original film. It felt so fresh yeah. and like, mm. I really, I hadn't seen mm. a movie like this in a long, long time. I mean, and the only two other things I wanted to add, cause I think, you know, obviously we touched on a lot of points, but one, just again on the storytelling, I kind of loved that the repetition of the dialogue in the script over and over and over again it never got to a point where i was irritated but it just felt like this mantra of like getting through this getting through this and when he finally hits that final scene as vanya in the play that was the moment i broke when he was like no this writing like pulls you out of it like he you know it's it's anton Chekhov, and it's like he's talking to the young guy of like just read the lines the lines will bring reality and truth out. He's mm-hmm. just read the lines. I'm not telling you how to read them. Like, it'll bring it out of you. And when he obviously has to step in, like he has that, our main character has that emotional breakdown at um, the young driver's mother's house that's burned and he breaks down and they have that bonding moment. And that was intense. But then like when you see that final production and they slowly close out onto the gas light, like the, mm-hmm. the, oil, the oil lamp, I was like, mm. Yes we've spent two hours saying these lines and he finally like, you know, gushes it out of his soul. And I just like, you needed those two hours. Like you needed those two hours. So I love that. And one final comment, uh, just also, you know, you brought up that, like bring up previous traumas, but in a different way. And you talked about this Brit, but I love that they spent like 45 minutes painting the background of this marriage where in a lesser film or a different film, maybe the choice is like, well, you just start the movie with the infidelity and you have an assessment and a judgment. Yeah. And right. what was really profound for me. And, oh, and go I think, on.
0: No, I was just going to say, and I think the, it would paint the, uh, that person mm-hmm. as like yeah. this horrible villain because you don't get enough time to nothing gestates, nothing really like grows. But in this case, yeah. I liked their yeah. relationship. I understood it. And I wanted them to win, and and so when it went when it, when I saw that she was cheating on him, or or was just doing this other thing, it kind of hurt me like deeply. It hurt me. I I felt that hurt. So sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, all I was going to elaborate on was just like I love
2: that scene where he, you know, the writer director and forgive me, I'm I just I'll butcher his name if I try to remember to recall, but he's talking to the younger gentleman about like their marriage and he opens up like, yeah, my wife cheated on me a lot, you know, and she really loved me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were like best friends. And that the complexity of love relationships was really profound for me to see displayed in a really, again, like authentic and respectful way. And I can't, like you said, Brit, the word compassion and delicate, like, yeah, they, they treated this subject, in a very mature adult way. And, and you know, just to open up, you know, this was almost my daily and I swear I'm not going to talk too long about it, but this past weekend watch, because of watching this movie, it made me rethink a lot of narratives that I tell myself about my romantic relationships or personal relationships. And I even had this funny moment of like my struggles on dating apps or something. And it's like, because of my head, I have this very Western, you know, like, success is only if I have like this partner that we are happily merrily ever after, you know, and merrily we go to hell. And the reality was when I reflected on it, I have like, there's probably like two or three people that I've met in Dallas. And I'm like, they're awesome, rad people that are my friends. And I wouldn't have met them otherwise. And it's just like, yeah, you can, you can have this versus it doesn't have to be you know this idyllic perfect thing and i love that he displayed it wasn't perfect there was trouble there was issues and she cheated on me and she loved me and was like my best mm-hmm. friend i just love that they told that story mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah i think the the element of having her uh record all of the lines for him and it, and give that to him is like shows her commitment to that relationship, the commitment to him to say like, I love you. And I know this is what helps you and what works for you. And that makes that relationship more complex. It isn't just a woman who's like, I'm busy and I'm cheating on you. And yeah, we're married and I'm lying. It's like, there is this other level that she like deeply cares about this person, but also has these other desires in some way. And is trying to get them to And, and that's a difficult mm-hmm. thing to understand. It just is, it is. So, um, well, any other last moments or thoughts that you guys have about this, uh, this, uh, movie? Cause I w- I was just going to say one more thing. One of my favorite actors or one of my favorite characters in this movie, uh, was that sob. Yeah. It was a Phew. fucking beautiful car. Yeah. I, I, Loved that car, and the fact that it was this red, interesting car in a sea of pretty plain cars was very important, I think, in its storytelling. So, I just Mm -hmm. want to say...
1: I mean, really, if you think about not even just the cars, I mean, I think the whole overall, visually, the film was pretty... I don't want to say bland, because that sounds negative, but, like, it was more or less like devoid of color. Like everything was like the clothes people were wearing, the decor of the settings was pretty like subdued, you know? So I think that lends even more importance to well, the well, car. That's what, yeah. that's what
0: I kind of said earlier. That's what I was saying about the film kind of being unflashy in so many ways, other than this car is the flashiest thing. Even the actors in their clothing, right. it wasn't really that flashy it really wasn't
1: unlike this red shirt that Ian's so, wearing that was right awesome now.
0: <laughs> I'm platinum <laughs> uh. <laughs> um okay so <laughs> so I'm No smoking. other thoughts we're we're all good before we get into uh trivia and then our ratings I wanted to make sure I give you guys the time trivia okay well let's move on that was drive my car before we get into those ratings, you know what mm. we always do? We do that trivia trivia. Um, this week I've got two questions for you and I am going to make sure. Oh God. That wow. You earn it. Great. <laughs> here we go. Trivia question. Trivia mm-hmm. question. Number one. Are you guys ready? Ready to raise. You got your hands yep. ready to raise on the the zoom. Don't, for- <laughs> don't forget. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Drive My Car plays out many of its scene in a Saab 900 Aero Coupe. There are so many movies that feature a car as a predominant character or device. There's Fast and the Furious, Bullet, James Bond, Smokey and the Bandit, American Graffiti, Batman, The Italian Job, and so many more. What 1989 film starring Dan Aykroyd and Jessica Tandy spans the course of a quarter century and several classic cars while it tells its story of uncommon friendship? You said John
2: Candy and Dan Aykroyd?
0: (laughs) No, I said what 1989 film starring Dan Aykroyd and Jessica Tandy spans the course of a quarter... Jessica Tandy spans the course of a quarter century and several classic cars while it tells its story of uncommon friendship. Any guess? Go ahead, Brittany.
1: Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> I had to just because he said. John I'm sorry. Candy. That is okay. Great.
0: Yeah, that is incorrect. Go ahead, Ian. You have a chance uh, to steal it. Here's his hand. Um. Uh. uh Northern exposure. <laughs> That's, that was a TV show, uh, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you're like, coach. The love boat. Um, oh. Okay, so the answer, the 1989 film starring Dan Aykroyd and Jessica Tandy spans the course of a quarter century and several classic cars while it tells the story of an uncommon friendship that was driving Miss Daisy. Really?
1: Wait, what?
0: Driving
2: Miss oh, Daisy. Oh, because, oh,
0: you...
1: Wow, so- it... It's st- I I just okay. left
0: out Morgan yeah, Freeman. Why just, do I have to say Morgan? That's Freeman? That's who it stars.
1: But okay. <laughs> no. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, fair. That is this. I said
1: this. You know. Also, I mean, yeah. I haven't seen that since I was a a wee little thing. So I don't even remember him being in it. But uh, yeah, I believe you.
0: <laughs> if you okay, so so just to be just to be fair, I'm not trying to fuck with you. But if you'd seen the film. And you knew who the film starred, which is Morgan Freeman and Jessica Tandy. Jessica Tandy's not in a lot of other things that Uh, we would know. I just didn't know. So I thought that's the give. But that was of no help to me. (laughs) Um and and I know Ian knows that I I try to throw him off with every other film that I mentioned. And what was
1: Dan Aykroyd's middle name? Okay,
0: so no points (laughs) on the first Blues Brothers. (laughs) Well, Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd. (laughs) Dan Aykroyd plays Jessica Tandy's Aww. son, who hires the chauffeur and is a, a main character in that film. Never
2: so, seen it. I've never seen Driving Daisy. Um, okay,
0: so could be. Oh, we I pick haven't it either. For our so, thief <laughs> Uh Okay, so speaking of driving, here we go. Speaking of driving, uh, Hollywood and its actors have long been obsessed with speed and racing to a dangerous degree. Many actors including Paul Walker, James Dean, and Grace Kelly famously died while driving. Paul Newman, a man who was obsessed with racing, made a documentary about his life racing in 2005 but actually died of cancer in 2008 but was still featured in films well after his death. What 2017 movie? Used archived recordings of Paul Newman for a character in their movie.
1: You, you are wow.
0: <laughs> what two thousand? Oh, Ian, you have your hand up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, is incorrect. Uh, Brittany, you want to steal? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ian. I raised my hand uh, too
2: early. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't think that was the name. Shoot.
2: Uh I will say uh
0: Interstellar <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You, uh okay, okay. Well, I'll just gonna go ahead and tell you, you it's not interstellar.
1: Am I No. Just they used archival footage.: No, I
0: said that he didn't die he, he, he didn't die in a racing accident, but uh, he, he did make a documentary about his life racing. That's how obsessed he was with racing. And so what I was asking was is, even though he died in 2008, he was still featured in several films after what 2017 movie used archived recordings of Paul Newman for a character in their movie. Um Space Jam 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I thought you would get this one. I really did. I really thought you guys would have this one because this was Cars. Oh, ah, the movie Cars featured Paul Paul wow. M- Paul Newman as Doc Hudson. This was actually Back. Cars 3, Cars 3, but I was gonna accept Cars no, in general. I... I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I
2: don't,
1: ride. I, don't ride with I thought it. I
2: figured it was gonna be. I figured it was gonna be a Pixar movie,
0: but then I was like, oh, but <laughs> but then you just picked inter- Interstellar. You didn't. You didn't say something like Toy Story Four. You well, said I got Interstellar. I think it's Pixar. How about raising Private Ryan? Well, I just couldn't what? think of whatever Pixar thing um, came
2: out in 2017. I, I had like a weird brain fart of like Soul. I was like, nah, that maybe was, was last maybe year. It was
1: Ratatouille, I, Ian.
2: Oh,
0: can I review Ratatouille right now? <laughs> well, uh, actually, I'd love you to. That's, that's a rewind. Let's the rewindables. Do that. Um, okay, so, yeah, those are our trivia questions. Nobody got them. That's okay. Um, let's get to our ratings. Let's rate the film Drive My Car. Ian, what'd you rate this film? Just, uh, you know,
2: I'm shifting. I'm punching it into fifth gear right now, and I gave this a throbbing, throttling
0: 9 out of 10.
1: Mm.
0: Wow. Okay. 9 out of 10 for Drive My Car from Ian. Brittany, what's your rating?
1: That was a riveting experience. Just give me a moment to fan myself. Yeah. Um
0: I I shoved that clutch (laughs) down so hard so I could give this film a raging, throbbing, heart-pounding Well, it's funny because, you know, we have, like, that lead-up, right?
1: But then I do think it's hard to rate a film that is this subdued because when I sat down to think about my rating, it's like, I really cannot tell you anything that this film did wrong. Like, there's... I'm drawing a blank. Like there just isn't anything. But I also feel like it's hard to be like, oh my God, everybody go watch Drive My Car. It's the best thing ever because it is so just sort of quiet and calm. Uh, I did watch this today. So I wish I had had more time to like digest it fully. But because of the fact that I didn't have enough time and I also couldn't think of anything it did wrong and I did love so much about it, I gave this a 9.5.
0: Whoa! Wow! No missteps. Wow, that was a, that was a no lot of him steps. and Han, just yeah. to get the 9.5? I'm also not... Britt's like,
2: often you know. a little bit long-winded.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's always long-winded. i surprised there wasn't a quote in there. Um, well, I will be I will be the first to tell you that my rating, my rating... Might shock you, okay? Always. My rating... Is also a nine. So um we're very, very close this month or this week. We're doing this weekly. Um anyway, uh so a nine, a nine, and a nine point five. That's a certified. That's right? certifiable. Yeah. I did. I started MCFC. with a nine,
1: but then I was like, why am I giving this a nine? Like it didn't do there's nothing, I have no complaints.
0: Like no, no, I don't either. I don't either. But I, I will tell you this, like it 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 moved me, but it didn't. It didn't move me all the way through the way I I okay. would have given a higher rating to. And 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 here's why I say that. Something like everything everywhere all at once moved me, gave me shivers and chills and good feelings and sad feelings and amazing like emotions just ranged all around. And when I moved like that, I'm like, well, you're a 10. You're a fucking 10. Uh this movie did everything right. It did. And it's, it's just my personal preference. I'm like, this is a, an amazing movie. I would highly recommend mm-hmm. this film to certain people, right? It's, a, it's cinema, it's film, it's not a movie, right? And so, uh, there's not one person I wouldn't Fair. recommend everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. It ranges all boundaries. And so I look at that as like a 10, you know? Like Cinema Paradiso, uh, all that being said, Those are our our ratings. I'm so glad that we watched uh, Drive My Car. We appreciate all of you listeners. And, uh, man, I'm on my third drink, and you can feel it, right? Um, Let's get out of here. And so, of course, we have to end this up the best way we know how every week, and that's just like this. Hey, Ian, especially for you this weekend, I I love you. I love you. I love you
1: here with your coming attraction for next week. And I want to continue this wild ride that we are on for the month of June in the water. And so we are going to watch the African queen directed by John Houston from 1951. Uh, let's get wet y'all.
0: Movie Cinema Film Club is brought to you by Shit Show Media. Make sure you check out all of our upcoming movies we'll be talking about on our Instagram at Movie Cinema Film Club. If you have an opinion, a comment, or a movie you think we should watch and discuss, email us at MovieCinemaFilmClub at gmail.com. This week's episode was written by Ian Schoff, Brittany Everett, and me, Bo Hufford, and it was edited by Brittany Everett. Remember, support your local cinema, don't spoil films, be oh so quiet at the movies, and for the love of God, choose to read subtitles and boycott film dubbing thanks for listening and we'll see you next time